This podcast is sponsored by JList.com. On JList.com, you can shop from a constantly evolving catalog of anime merchandise such as toys and books, Japanese snacks, anime computer games, and so much more. Support this podcast and visit JList.com for all of your anime shopping needs. I can just see Heavy Metal Leo. He jumps out of bed. He's standing on top of his bed, and he's playing his pillow like it's an electric guitar. Yeah. <laughs> and he, gets, just, he gets too into it and starts slamming the pillow onto the bed and screaming. And his mom daily morning. His mom comes in and she's like, "Jesus Christ, what's going on he, here? Like, I thought the earthquake." Feathers go everywhere. He wakes up in the morning and like kips up and is like standing on his bed. He's got like full kiss makeup on, and he's just like. <laughs> it's like, and I just watched JoJo, so it's perfect. So Heavy Metal Leo turns to his mom. And he's like, "Bakura suna yaro." You are listening to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Make your anime addiction worse at aaapodcast.com. And now, here are your anime addicts. everyone and welcome to the 283rd episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm your host Chiaki and today I'm joined by a full cast of people who are all here to what guys? Make, Make your, your anime, anime addiction, addiction worse. worse. It was a triple. Oh Boom. snap. <laughs> it was a menage twanime. Oh. I, I could wow. go with that. Oh boy. The entire audience has now <laughs> has now dropped out. And we all cringe. You can find us at aaapodcast.com, iTunes, Facebook, Twitter at aaapodcast, at aaakazuo, and at Elise Kova, youtube.com forward slash user forward slash aaapodcastofficial, and patreon.com forward slash aaapodcast. So it is great to be with here with you all tonight. As I said, I'm Chiaki, and I'm joined by, go ahead and introduce yourselves, guys. My name is Mitsugi, always here, 99% of the time, you know who I am, and uh, I'm eating spaghetti. Awesome. Well, uh, I am Kazuo, and it's it's so fun to be here. I'm excited. We got a full cast today, and uh, yeah. Very full. Because uh, I am Kimiko, and not really ever here, ever anymore. Who are you? So <laughs> I'm glad to be back for uh, a once-in-a-lifetime. No, just kidding. I'll be back again after Who this. are these people? But quick, if you shop now, you can get two episodes with Kimiko for the price of one. Sort of, actually. We we did some hentai episodes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Mitsuki, do you want to talk about our Patreon for a minute? Sure. Well, speaking of hentai episodes, if you're one of those people that used to really love the hentai episodes and um, would like to continue to, to consume such uh, perverse material... You can go to our Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash AAA podcast. And on there, there's a bunch of people that have already signed up, but we offer our, our bi-weekly hentai episodes, our bi-weekly after parties. And, and I must say that we've had quite a, quite a diverse cast of people for the hentai episodes lately. We had Kimiko and Chiaki have been on them. Uh, m- uh, myself and Roko have been, have been on them, uh, me and Chiaki. And coming up in the future... Uh, down the pipeline, we're planning on having Gerald from Anime World Order oh. do a series of hentai episodes with us. So it'll be uh, it'll be A W O X A A A X 
XXX. <laughs> so the AAA podcast and Anime World Order will combine to create the most insane, perverse material you've ever heard. So, yeah. and I'm not um, going to lie. Kind of excited by Gerald's taste, but uh, you'll just have to wait for the hentai yeah. episodes to find out yeah. what I mean. So, and then, of course, there's lots of other stuff we offer on there, too. But there's a Patreon video that shows both Chiaki's panties and myself in the shower. So if either of those sound appealing to you, that video is at least worth watching. But not at the same time. <laughs> right. Correct. No, he's wearing Chiaki's panties in the shower. That now, would be that horrifying. Would <laughs> so, yeah. So I would at least go, go look at the page since I spent so much time making it. So following our general housekeeping, we are going to be talking about anime music and different playlists to get you through different points in your day, because anime music is something that is oftentimes requested by you guys. And then we will have a review on Death Parade. But first up, we have a five-star review submitted by YB Tense. Yeah. I, like it. I want Kimiko to read it just so we can have definitive proof that she is indeed here and not a robot. Not a recording from a million years ago. So the five-star review by YB Tense is, I love the thought-provoking conversations that I get to experience thanks to listening to this podcast. I love moe, cats, and cynicism. Keep up the good work and I wouldn't mind a three-hour show. <laughs> Don't hold your... Well, you know what? Actually... <laughs> Actually, the after well, when you tack the after party onto the end of the actual show, it's about three hours. That's true. Even better, if we reach one of our milestones on Patreon, we will do an eight-hour live stream nonstop broadcast where we watch an entire anime start to finish. That's amazing. I love how that we're all we all have our own classifications. There's moe, cats, and then cynicism. Great. I'm, I'm guessing that the cynicism is you, Cosmo, and I'm the oh, cats. Clearly, yeah, that makes the most sense. Moe right. cats is I didn't even realize that, Kazuo. You're a genius. What would what would what would Kimiko's thing be? Um uh, we're, we're, we're gonna work on that. General awesomeness. We will find say. out. Kazuo. Setting herself on fire. All right, trivia. Yeah. <laughs> the answer to this week's trivia was Rolling Girl. No, 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 no. Rolling Girl. Oh, I'm sorry. Rolling Girl. And the people who got it correct were Icy Rose, Cyber Dude. Yotaru Vegeta, Logan LSR, Alchemist 007, Nelly 1876, Steve the Ripper, wait, yes, James the Reviewer. And the winner was Steve the Ripper, spelled Steve 7H3 Ripper. And the current month's theme is beach episodes. And if you can't tell by the number of people who got it correct, I made this trivia way easier this time. Yeah. Mitsuki said people were complaining. I was like, people are killing me. They're killing me on, 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 on our, our forums. <laughs> yes, for real. So. We also are doing in-show trivia. So this is just a for fun, do you know the answer, play along as we go through the podcast episode. And this in-show trivia should be easy if you are paying attention to did, Kazuo's Did you reviews. just call it win-show trivia? I don't know, I but if I did... <laughs> If I did, the wind show, the trivia. Wind show <laughs> trivia is just getting started. I just branded it. Normally, people have to pay money for that kind of business acumen, but you know, I'll, I'll give it to you guys for free. Um, <laughs> and Mitsuki has already changed it in oh, our no, show that, that doc. Was me. Oh, oh, that's you. Sorry, <laughs> the wind show trivia. All right. So, if you've been paying attention to Cosmo's episode by episode reviews of this show, you should know the answer. In Golden Boy, what kind of university student was Kintaro Oe? Ooh, ooh, I know, I know. <laughs> Save it. <laughs> okay. Good one. New forum members, welcome to the forum. Desi, 
I owe less. Satoko's man. Sato- Satoko's man. I Satoko's I was about to be like man. Man de Nihongo de. I don't I don't I don't have a name of the week from these. Yeah, not really. I'm just amazed that after 283 episodes, Chiaki still cannot read names like DZ or Man. IOLS. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, and Man, which these Wait, in my defense, in my defense, I was in the <laughs> Japanese mindset. I had Satoko and then I had to f- switch back to English. But you know what? You know what? I don't have time for this. You know what I do have time for? It's time for an almighty anime mailbag. Anime. 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 Mailbag. Bag, bag, bag. <laughs> so much fun. If you would like. I think that was. Did, was that the first time, Hugo, that you saw the mailbag dance? It really, really was. <laughs> She's like, and the last time because I just clawed my eyeballs out. <laughs> oh my God. Mitsugi, not everyone hates life like you do. So you can, if you want to submit a mailbag, you can go to aaapodcast.com and then hit on the button that says mailbag. Hit, hey, hit, hit that, on the button. Hit that button. Hey, yeah. button. What, what are you doing tonight? Yeah. Just remember that it's not an elevator button. Be gentle. I'd like to get my hands on your butt, 10. Yeah. <laughs> button, you looking real nice. Anybody pushed you lately? Yeah. I know all the right ways. I'm going to touch you in all the right places. Oh. <laughs> sorry. sorry, enough button puns. Bit, it's getting a little less punny and a little bit creepy. I'm sorry. Just throwing that out there. It's a button. You're going to touch the button. I'm sorry. <laughs> button, button, who's got the button? Okay, first mailbag. Who wants to read it? I'll oh, read it. Oh, so, okay. Pidu Chan writes, I've been reading about fan service in anime as sexual obje- objectification of women, and all of this comes from the West, but with anime being Japanese, I presumed, made mainly for Japanese people. Yes, you are correct on that. Actually, you made entirely for Japanese people. How do women in Japan think about this? Are they okay with fan service, or do they feel offended by it? Thanks for reading. Love your show. Well, as a woman in Japan myself... <laughs> Um, <laughs> you have, have a lot to say about this. I have a lot to say about this. No, I have no idea. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's uh, an interesting question, though, because it really kind of uh, reflects upon the, just the way women are um, are viewed overall in Japan and, and their kind of social uh, um, stature and that kind of thing. So, Yeah, I mean, I, I will say when I was teaching in Japan, there was a secretary, basically, at one of the schools who was very progressive thinking by Japanese standards. And at one point she actually, I I was talking with her and another one of the teachers, actually Cram's wife. And she was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a feminist and there's a feminist group that I go to. And we were both really, really shocked because most Japanese women don't even know that, that word. And I don't mean know that word as in like, know the English translation of it, but more know that word from the perspective of know that there is even, a word, a concept of what kind of feminiz- feminism is and like gender equality and, and things like that. So so I, I, I think, as I've said before, Japan is, Japan is a little farther behind when it comes to that. I, I feel like because of that, it's almost impossible to really properly answer this question without being a woman like living in Japan and being Japanese. Like I, I honestly wouldn't even know the beginning of how to answer this question. Well, I know that from pe- from from women that that I knew and were fairly close to in Japan that they have viewpoints that are definitely Japanese, but they also share Western viewpoints on a lot of issues. And I feel like there are a lot of Japanese women that would look at some anime and say, "Wow, that's definitely you know 
exploit ex- exploitative or whatever. But the problem is that one, they're a lot less likely to say anything and do anything about it than people in, in Western society, such as the United States. The Japanese people are a lot less likely to sort of rock the boat. And I don't even know that women. Well, well, first of all, women aren't very outspoken in Japan. And secondly, I don't know if they even have any kind of platform to be heard if they wanted to say something. I so. mean, I know, I know just going back to the whole women aren't heard or whatever, like I, I've, I've heard it said and be an accepted fact. And I use air quotes with that, that train molesters don't go after Gaijin because they know Gaijin will say or do something. Yeah. Gaijin gonna whoop that ass. <laughs> Gaijin ain't gonna take that. They gonna stomp on him. <laughs> <laughs> no, never mind. Can't say it. But uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting question, but maybe begs some more, some someone who knows a bit more. So next mailbag, who wants to read it? I think there's four of them. So why don't we just go right down the line here? Okay. So I guess this next one's me. Uh, let's see. It comes from Yotaru Vegeta, and it reads the AAA do a character battle every year but there but what are a what about a more specific battle i suggest best anime teacher of course we would uh we leave it to just the aaa onizuka would win so this would be of course a listener vote interesting well i I hate to say it but if we if we had such a such a tournament onizuka would win easily yeah definitely considering he just laid the complete beat down on light yagami the star of of death note yeah i don't know if we could do i don't know if we could do a full-on tournament uh, for a specific category but maybe like the the opening bouts of the tournament we can have them matched up into different categories and then you know that kind of thing just in general have onizuka versus another teacher yeah anime right exactly and just have that being the opening bouts of the bracket, and then the end, you have the, not only the winner as far as the character, but the the type of character. That's winner. not a bad we idea. Did. We could section the bracket off and make like one like one little section out of teachers, the next section demons, mm-hmm. the next section whatever. We did something like that a while back. We started with girls versus boys in one of the uh, the character battles a while back. We could also do stuff like this. We could interject some kind of fun polls. We usually have a poll up on our site that we're trying to gauge like we have an idea of something we might want to change about the show or we're trying to see how we can make the show better for you and we have a poll up there but maybe in between some of those types of polls we can put some just fun polls of which teacher would win in a fight or who's the greatest teacher and and just not <laughs> a big bracket but the greatest teacher onizuka I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's his I, name i'm pretty sure i mean can, can we all agree that if we did teachers Onizuka would easily win that? Yes. Yeah, who else is I mean, what other options are there? There are no other options. He's, yeah. he's basically like the guy a, from Assassination <laughs> Classroom. No. God. <laughs> <laughs> who a poor a very poor man's Onizuka, yeah. I might say. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we're always up to mixing it up, I think. But uh I mean the big mix up this last time was that I gave people a lot more input on who got selected. Mm-hmm. So that was the difference between for this last one. Anyway, next mailbag. Scratchy Bottom writes, <laughs> Hey, AAA, what would be your top three anime battle weapons to help you fight against a zombie outbreak? Oh, that okay. is such a good question. Okay. I, I already have, I have the ultimate answer. I don't even need three. I only need one thing, so I'm just going to go last. All right, so I wrote down, how about a Gundam? Okay, that's Because I'm basically good. unstoppable. I'm just stepping on them at that point. True. And technically, that is an anime, a quote-unquote anime battle weapon. A Gundam mm. is a weapon right yeah no definitely okay uh i said the flying nimbus i don't think that's a weapon that's a means of transportation it's a weapon if i want it to be what are you gonna you're gonna throw the nimbus at them it's just gonna go right through them 
why, why, why do I have to throw? I mean, I, technically, like it could be the Nimbus could be a weapon of war if he's riding around on it in a battlefield. That would that would be like saying as, a horse is a weapon. That's the same as a Gundam. Have no, you ever seen Gundam, a horse kick somebody? Gundam have just swords and guns. <laughs> okay, so the last one I have here is Saiko Busujima's breasts. Who's that? She's the samurai. She's the the samurai girl from uh, High School of the Dead. Oh, the one, has, the one yes, with yes. the breasts that literally defy physics. Yeah, the one with the breasts that kind of split apart. Actually, so the bullets can fly between them. I heard birth. that there oh, was some physicist at like MIT or Harvard or something that calculated out how that was physically possible. But I think that if we were to take the the battle power of all three of those things and combine them, her breasts would definitely be the most if, powerful. If you combined all of those, it would be a Gundam on a Nimbus with breasts. That no, no, I, I, Gundam, I just want a Gundam with breasts. I'm all equal opportunity, but that sounds like picture it'd be that. Weird. Picture that in your mind. I just want Saiko's breasts. I don't need the. I don't even need the red. The others, honestly. I see. Okay, so you took some liberties with this question. I'm gonna say, um, but okay, let me think about it here for a second. So weapons. I think in any zombie apocalypse, you definitely have to have your close combat weapon. So uh, ideally, a sword of some kind. Um, what would be probably the best sword from an anime? Wouldn't it be something from Bleach? I was thinking. Yeah, like, like his. Yeah, yeah. Ble- uh, Ichigo's Sambakto, that big old giant sword that he has. Okay, let's go with that. I was gonna. I was. I was leaning towards Kenshin's, but it doesn't have a blade, and you know. Uh, so let's go with Bleach's sword, um, and then we need a gun. So for a gun, what's a really good gun in anime? Um. Uh, Honestly, the only know. one that's popping into my head is from the second season of Darker Than Black. That girl who can literally like pull a sniper rifle oh. out of herself. Oh, I got a couple. Okay, I what? got a couple. What's that? There's there's the the laser gun from Akira. That, oh yes. And then there and then there's Gene Starwin's caster gun from Outlaw Star. Oh, Those man, are that pretty is cool. Really good. Okay. But the caster gun's gonna like rip your soul yeah, out every time no, you shoot it. Yeah, no no no. I'm gonna go with the laser gun from Akira. That's probably it's the so best classic. One. That's a classic. It's a really good choice. Uh, and then for a third weapon, uh, kind of like just for fun. Man, you know, I was thinking Gundam at first. That's a really good choice. I'm gonna go with the Death Scythe Gundam specifically. Oh, you're the just Death Scythe back off of me. Death Scythe Hell it? Gundam. No, oh, I'm going specifically with my favorite Gundam though. Okay. That's that's, that's there you go. Those are my options. Your your favorite Gundam is weak. <laughs> that is not true. All right, all right. I I think I finally picked mine. Um, I would do one of those outfits from Kill a Kill, like the super fancy ones that the main character wears. I wish I actually watched more Kill a Kill because then I could actually tell you what the name of it is. Um, you're you're, you're better off quit. You're better off quitting before the mother rape happens. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Noted. Which time? Oh that's, God! That's like episode. I don't know. Somewhere in the middle. Spoilers? Thirteen, fourteen. It's not even important to the story. But it's still spoiler. It's more like a warning than a spoiler. All right, all right. Yeah, trigger warning. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of those outfits, and I would like some Edward Elric level alchemy. That's weapony, mm. right? I can I can use that, right? Yeah. Little yeah. liberties, but I'll, I'm, I'm I'll, doing it. I'll allow it. <laughs> Thank you, Cosmo. <laughs> and I want Liz and Patty from Soul Eater. The guns. Oh, the twins, yeah. 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 I like the way you think. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Sailor Pluto's staff. It opens the door to space time. Oh, my God. And can stop time. And opens the door to other realms. That's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> I can go anywhere I want. I can get the zombie cure. I could peace out of the world and be like, okay, bye. I can stop time. I'm, I'm good. a mass answer. Yeah. Oh, I just want to have like god power, so I never have to. Blah 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 blah. blah. There's no fun. In I'm that. gonna. I, I'm gonna take the giant like uh, 
I'm just gonna blow up the world. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm not blowing up the world. I'm saving oh, it. Oh, you know what? Best weapon. You just don't want to get your hands dirty. Best weapon in a zombie apocalypse. Goku spirit bomb. Nail bat. How about yep. a nail bat? A nail bat? I don't. What anime is that in though? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure Something. there's a nail bat in an anime somewhere. How about that bent? How about that bent uh, baseball bat from uh, from that little slugger has in Paranoia Agent? That yeah, that's a good one. I would go. I always <laughs> prefer melee weapons over like actual firing weapons anyway. So. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> did, did you get all of yours in, Chiaki? That's the only I, one. I only want one. I only need one. I can go to any universe and get anything else I want. Okay. Well, then I'm going to pull the chat now and ask them who picked the best weapons. Oh. Okay, so this next mailbag, I have a shitload of information. So this is a really great mailbag coming up. So. Okay. So this one is from Peter Wright, AA. And Peter writes, Dear Anime Addicts, Earthquakes in Japan are an ever-present natural phenomenon. Just this morning, there was a 6.8 earthquake on the Richter scale of the east coast of Honshu. Throughout history, the Japanese have had to deal with some devastating earthquakes, like the Great Kanto Earthquake in 1923, which killed around 140,000 people, not to mention the earthquakes and following tsunami of 2011. How did the Japanese react to earthquakes culturally, and are they... Uh, and are there any good anime about earthquakes and their effects? And what should you do in an earthquake? Hope this provides some inspiration for a podcast. Kind regards, Peter. Yeah, we could have easily done a whole episode on this. Oh, yeah. that's So why don't we? Uh, seeing those numbers that he mentioned, though, that's insane. In 1923, 140,000 people killed in one earthquake. Actually, the, the Great Kanto earthquake is something that they were recovering from straight, like, into the 80s and stuff. Like That's insane. Kyo- um, not Kyoto. Uh, Kobe. You can still kind of see the effects of of recovery and and with how new it is, a lot of there's a lot of there was a lot of history that was lost in that city. Yeah, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say maybe not a good place to live if there's these kind of earthquakes going on there. Quick guys, get out of Japan. <laughs> maybe like everybody. Maybe like move somewhere else. I don't know. Quick everybody in Japan, <laughs> move somewhere else. because <laughs> so the whole of the country is on a fault. It's all multiple it's all after. <laughs> So the anime Tokyo Magnitude 8.0 is probably the most recent anime about an earthquake. That it's a it's an okay show. I mean it's 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 probably like I think we gave it like a three or a three and a half. But it's about an eight, it's about it's about an eight point oh magnitude Tokyo uh, earthquake right in the heart of Tokyo, which would be absolutely devastating. I mean it would be unbelievable. But um, there but there are all sorts of cultural notes about earthquakes in Japan. For example. Children in Japan are taught basically from birth the protocols for handling an earthquake. And they do, they learn these things in their homes growing up, and they have earthquake drills all the time in school, all through, through all levels of school. They're constantly practicing earthquake drills. And these are like prefectually mandated, so every school has to do them. So it's kind of like how you always have a fire drill. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't recall ever having a fire drill. I'm uh, a thing at my at my schools in Japan, but but we had multiple earthquake drills, and we also had a f- um, what is the proper term, a fushinsha or something like that. It's it's a word that means like dangerous person. If if like a dangerous person oh. got into the school, how do you handle that? But um, you know, I think small earthquakes in Japan get shrugged off even by kids. They'll be they'll be studying from a book or playing their PSP, and if there's like a small earthquake, they'll just kind of look up look around, shrug, and just go back to their game. They don't even think about it. Well, there's always that pause, too, that I think we've mentioned before with earthquakes, where you kind of pause and you're like, is this going to be a giant, massive... Is like, is this ramping up, or is this just shaky-shaky? 
So I think that's it too, is like that moment of tension where you're like, okay, and, and, oh, nothing, just a little one. I mean, there was, there was a pretty decently, a good shake in one of the times when I was teaching um, in an Ikaiwa and I was on the second floor, so it probably felt worse than what it was, but I want to say it was like a 5.4 or something. It's not bad. Yeah. Like it was a fairly big one. It it was, it was a decent size and it was enough that like windows were rattling and like you could feel the building swaying. Mm -hmm. And I looked at the kid I was teaching and he just like had this look on his face where he was just like, Oh my God, really? All right, fine. And he like got out of his chair and crouched down by the table. And I'm like freaking out. And I'm like, what do I do? (laughs) What do I do? And and so like, I just did what the kid was doing because at that point I was like, I'm going to trust that you, cause I've, I've lived in Florida all my life. Like I've, that was the first time I was in a place with a decently sized earthquake. And I looked at the kid and I was like, uh, does this, is this a big earthquake? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you're a badass. Yeah. And I know that, don't they make the buildings a specific way that, yes. so that they'll sway in an earthquake and not just kind of like crack? Or Past anything? a certain date, uh, buildings that are a certain age and older don't have that kind of construction. They're like not. They're not properly up to current earthquake code. Right. But it was like starting in 1980 or something. They revised all of it, so all the buildings past a certain date are. They're built so they can kind of move. Right. And uh, which is kind of weird during really heavy rainstorms and thunderstorms because your house is moving. Yeah, it's, it's like, like your house crazy. is made out of paper, basically. I you know, just kind of. I thought it was really crazy. I'm pretty sure it was Tokyo Skytree for this, but they built it so that Tokyo Skytree at its top can sway a meter a full freaking meter in any direction and without suffering any kind of structural damage. Wow. That's scary. Um, Terrifying. Japanese people are really good at banding together in times of crisis. The, the concept of, of kyoryoku or just general teamwork between people is something that's really heavily ingrained in Japanese society. You see it all the time. You see it in schools, you see it in communities during, during cleanup, trash cleanup. And, um, you know, during gigantic, crises like we had recently up there and when with the sendai earthquake the japanese people are just extremely order orderly people that will do exactly what the government tells them to get through a crisis so you had like you had old people volunteering to go into the nuclear reactors and like old people coming out of retirement that wanted to basically sacrifice the last of their lives to take care of the of the nuclear reactors and so that the younger people wouldn't have to do it Stuff like that. Like, that is just, that's, it's just something that, that they were doing during the last crisis. I mean, I don't know that, I don't know how many other countries can say that they have that level of, you know, a group mentality ingrained in their society. So. I was, I was talking with, again, Cram's wife, who uh, they both were there during the earthquake and they, they lived far enough south that they weren't directly affected from the perspective of they didn't have any tsunami <laughs> or anything like that. But, um, she was talking about how it was the craziest thing where in the grocery stores, the shelves were empty. Like there wasn't much because there wasn't much food that was being able to be transported and things were slowed down, but no one got into fights. There was never a rush. There was never people running to get the last thing of bottled water on the shelf. And there were actually times that she saw people like if, if it was a mother with a child, someone say, no, you can you can have that on the shelf because it was someone younger. Like Mitsugi was saying, she said that people there were 
gas was rationed at that time and directly after or, or i don't know if it was rationed or if it was similar to food where things just weren't moving the country was in a, a standstill for a little bit and there just wasn't much to be had and it, people waited in lines for hours orderly down the road just went up to the gas station got their two liters of gas or whatever it is they was that whatever it is they were getting and moved on and no one was fighting no one was cutting in line no one was screaming or anything like that and i just think like here in florida i can't relate to earthquakes but i can relate to hurricanes and here in florida if you have if we if the weather channel says oh there's a cat four coming let's say so not the biggest but bigger than like a two or a three obviously and people are in the grocery store freaking their shit out trample each other like black friday people are running for things and people are like no this is mine and stuff like that yeah getting into fights over like a loaf of bread or canned food or the oil that they're going to use for their generators it's it's ridiculous so i went on i went on the website of the let's see it's the city of shiroishi of miyagi pre of miyagi ken miyagi prefecture in japan this is a government website for those of you that are that are with us on patreon i have the link in the in the uh show notes so you can click on that and check it out but they have the exact earthquake protocol for what you are supposed to do if there's an earthquake and i thought i would just go through that does that sound interesting sure so the first thing they have on here is to ensure your personal safety and get to the nearest safe place. Switch off the gas, gas cookers, etc. Switch off all appliances, such as cooking and heating appliances, which may cause a fire. If a fire breaks out, extinguish it immediately with the nearest fire extinguisher. Open all doors, including the front door, to ensure an escape route. Try to listen regularly to the TV and radio or telephone for earthquake information. Do not rush out of a building. Wait until the earthquake has temporarily stopped, then get your emergency bag, put on a helmet or other protective head covering, and make your way to an open space. Try not to become separated from your family members or neighbors. Check that you are all together and make your way as quickly as possible to a shelter. If you are driving, avoid braking suddenly. Reduce your speed slowly and never move over to the left shoulder of the road. Do not park your car next to a gasoline station or high-pressure gas facility. If you are walking along a wide road, move out of the center. If downtown, be careful of falling objects such as, such as signs, telegraph poles, and glass from windows. Now, in the schools, what they do is they put they immediately put their they have like these helmet things they put on mm-hmm. their the their seats the, their seat cushions on their chairs that they sit on to cushion their butts actually right. double as helmets. Wait, the cushion is, is a helmet? They, they, I swear, they can, and they do this in, a, they do this in a, in a second. These kids are like literally in one second, without any kind of prompting, they literally have these things on top of their heads. Like these, they're, I mean, if like a gigantic three hundred pound dresser or something fell on them with that on their head, they'd still crush their head. But like, if if like a book, if like a heavy object fell off and hit them, I could see it being protective. And then they all or- very orderly go outside down the stairs and they go out into the, into the gigantic like playground area which mm-hmm. is always it's very standardized in Japan you'll always be able to identify a school because they have these gigantic like football field sized dirt lots right the kids play in and if you're standing in that dirt lot right in the middle there's basically nothing that can happen to you um, well, unless you know, the ground opens yeah. up underneath you or something Sh- yes yeah, yeah short of the ground splitting open and swallowing you whole <laughs> which is like you're basically <laughs> I, I've screwed. never been in an earthquake I don't know how this works I've just seen them on TV like if a tree fell down, there aren't any trees there to, to hurt you. So 
that's what they do in schools. Don't the little little kids also have like hard hats, like yellow hard hats that they wear when they walk to school? They do that, yeah. They yeah. Do. Well, they're not hard hats; they're just hats. They're oh. caps, but, but they but, are yeah. bright yellow for safety. And every kid, they all have them. It's 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 really cute. Yeah. And they walk in like giant packs in the morning. It's kind of adorable. That was a great mailbag, for real. It was. Thank you for that. And and it's an interesting thing. It it, it was. It's always fascinating for me to talk about because, like I said, I've never lived anywhere with earthquakes before Japan. Uh, by the way, for the poll, the poll who 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 selected the best zombie killing weapons, Kimiko went won the poll with thirty three percent of the vote. Go Kimiko! Hooray! So congratulations! So. Yay! <laughs> So we are going to take a short anime news break. And when we come back, we are going to be talking about anime music and giving you new recommendations to add to your playlist for a bunch of things in life. And then later on, we'll have a review on Death Parade. Stay tuned. This is Chiaki, and this is your anime news break. First up, it has long been known that the Academy of Motion Picture Arts behind the Oscars has invited Ghibli director Hayao Miyazaki into their fold. Well, they've most recently have invited the other founder of Studio Ghibli, Isao Takahata, into its ranks. Takahata is the last person to be invited of the important quad of Studio Ghibli, which includes Hayao Miyazaki, Toshio Suzuki, as well as composer Joe Hisaishi to be invited into the Oscars Academy. In other news, there's some anime coming to American TV that makes me really excited. As someone who watched anime and got into it by what was being localized on Cartoon Network, I'm really excited to say that Zag Entertainment founder and producer Jeremy Zag has recently announced that Nickelodeon will run Zag and Toei Animation's Miraculous Ladybug series in the United States this fall. It'll be aired on Nickelodeon, and the comedy action series will be set in Paris to follow the adventures of a justice-seeking teenage girl named Marinette who has superpowers. Now, if that collaboration wasn't anime enough for you, Dentsu Entertainment USA and Level 5 have recently announced that Yokai Watch, yep, the thing that is kind of dethroning Pokemon with kids in Japan, is coming to American television. It'll be running on Disney Channel XD. The agreement so far includes 26 episodes and the broadcast will begin later this year. The official website has begun streaming a trailer with an English theme song. You can find it on YouTube if you search Yokai Watch Trailer USA. In some other interesting news, Neon Genesis Evangelion voice actress Megumi Ogata, who is known for portraying Shinji Akari in the Japanese voice acting, has tweeted about her recent visit to Hakone that served as the main setting of the giant robot anime Evangelion. The tweet, which you can find online translated, basically says that now I knew, quote unquote, tomorrow was the day she went to Neo Tokyo 3. And she has a hashtag of the date June 22nd, 2015. 
Now, a bunch of fans were freaking out about this hashtag, saying it basically dates the first angel attack in the series. But King Records, the general distributor of Evangelion Music, released a statement via phone interview that June 22nd is not the official date of the, that the episode takes place, stating that the remark was an unofficial liberty she took as a performer. Now here's the question, what do you think? Does Evangelion have a place in the real-world timeline, or is it complete fantasy? Let us know on the forums, and maybe everyone can start a debate. This was Chiaki, and this was your Anime News Break. Don't go anywhere, because we'll be back to the show soon. Chiaki, what's that? Mitsugi, what what are you doing looking at my computer screen? Get out of here. Was that a... No. I I think it was. No, it wasn't. Come on, Chiaki. We've all played a hentai game before. It's nothing to be ashamed. Will you just get out of here? Okay, I will. Thank you. If you tell me where you got it. Really, Mitsugi? Yeah, you know, I bought hentai games before in Akihabara, but they're all in Japanese. I can barely get halfway through them before I get frustrated and have to quit. I can't understand a word that's on the screen. Well, maybe you should study more. Plus, that one looks really high quality. I mean, look at all the artwork on her. I'm looking at my computer screen again. Fine, but you get my point. All right, if it makes you go away, I got it off jlist.com. Jlist.com? Don't they just have figures and bentos and stuff? Well, yeah, but they also have some more adult things, too. They have a huge library of English-translated visual novels. And, yeah, not all of them are adults. Some are like Steinsgate, and they're always bringing out more. But if you're into the adult stuff, they also have some other things that, well, may help you enjoy those visual novels. Whoa, I'll have to check it out now. Great. Go to jlist.com and look at all the adult things you want on your computer, because mine is busy, so if you'll excuse me. Right. Don't worry, I won't bother you again. I'll be too busy looking at jlist.com. When it comes to Pokemon, don't mess with Kazuo. I was in sixth grade, and I had Pokemon on my Game Boy. I had a Game Boy Pocket, I think, at the time. I was in gym class, and we're in the locker room, and I'm getting changed. This kid runs by, grabs my Game Boy, and bolts. (gasps) And so I never got it back. Kid stole my Game Boy with my Pokemon in it. So, in sixth grade, uh, one of my electives, I was a teacher's assistant. This kid had that teacher. So, I basically went, allegedly, went into the computer and wrecked all of his grades. (gasps) And found his locker combination, because the teacher keeps a record of all that. Broke into his, allegedly, broke into his (laughs) locker, stole all of his Pokemon cards, which he had a ton of. And took all of his textbooks and threw them away. You just had to do it the hard way. I think he assumed it was me. We did end up getting to, into a fight later on. <laughs> and he beat his ass? Yeah, yeah, I got into a lot of fights in school. You beat that kid's ass, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, used to fighting. Back to the show. And we are back to the 283rd episode of the Animatics Anonymous podcast. I scooted a little bit away from Kazuo. Don't worry, I'm not going to touch your Pokemon. <laughs> Just, yeah, just leave my Pokemon out of this. Step off. <laughs> that kid had it coming. I know he did. So, yeah. So we're going to talk about anime music. And this is something that I think a lot of people request us to do in some variety. Be it like our top opening songs or our top opening songs again or the top closing songs or something something songs. Because, I don't know, anime music's really fun. Yeah, we're not doing this on YouTube today, so we might as well abuse Ustream's not giving a shitness. (laughs) That, too. (laughs) (laughs) So, 
basically what we have put together today is we've put together some playlists and these each playlist has four or five songs that we think are perfect for different things in your day-to-day life so for example the first one i'll go through them all really quick the first one is music for working out the next one is for chores like if you're cleaning the house or kind of just going about your business day to day um falling asleep isn't another playlist then we have to play for non-anime friends and we'll get to that in more detail once we get there. Anime music for then, beating the shit out of kids on the schoolyard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess you could maybe put that either working chores. out or chores. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they had it coming, right, Cosmo? Yeah, I didn't want to do it, but they left me no choice. I definitely have beating up kids on the playground as, like, my chore list. I don't know about you guys. It's, like, one of my many to-dos. Which really, once we get to chores and some of those songs, just imagining Kazuo <laughs> beating up kids on the playground oh, to them goodness. is going to be even better. And then we have anime music to get your day started. So the first one is anime music for working out. Now, I know Mitsugi works out a lot. All the time. And He's working out right now. <laughs> Getting swole. And I don't work out that much. So Kimiko Kazuo. Hey, um, I mean, I work out a decent amount, but I also like work a lot, so I can't go out and work out very often. I lift up cases of wine at a time and carry them up and down stairs. That's kind of workouty, right? Yeah, I used to work out a lot more than I do now, um, but yeah, done a lot of martial arts and stuff. So, Kazu is going to teach me some martial arts. So the next sure. time I go to the gym and someone's doing bicep curls or, <laughs> or, 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 or lat rows in the squat rack, I can straight up whoop some ass. Okay. Will you teach me too, Cosmo? Sure. I'll, I'll teach you yeah. both. It'll be fun. Someone in, someone in the chat mentioned a good list would be like music to drive by. And I thought <laughs> about that, but like for me, it really just all of these other playlists just depend on my mood for when I'm driving. Like if I'm driving and I want to be like, I'm ready to go. That's probably like the workout playlist. And if it's like a, I'm just getting some stuff done and going around, like chores playlist could work for that. So I think any of these playlists could be inserted into your driving playlist. Like music to drive by. Let's see. Anything from Initial D and then Redline. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Although you might get a ticket on that one. So be careful. So music for working out. So what were some of our criteria that we thought of for what what type of music do you guys like to listen to when you work out? Um, I think probably like any kind of like shonen anime music would be good. So um, I think we have listed on here something from Hajime no Ippo. So I, yeah, so um, I probably uh, Mitsuki put this on here, but like this. <laughs> Eternal Loop by Saber Tiger. Yeah, some power rap. Little MD guys. That I don't know if that's wait, wait what? Nope. For sure, that would not be. That's, that's a different. That's a different kind of working out right there. <laughs> I mean, you'll burn some calories, but I don't know. I mean, they say it's just as good as a workout. We couldn't get through this without having some g- 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 guys. Wait, now we're on another guy's song. Up? <laughs> for what it's worth, none of these were on our original. Wait for it. He's freaking out. He has the control. He has the power, and the power's gone to his head. You don't know who Kagayama. New Dragon Ball is coming. Embrace the boys. That is true. Never, 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 never. <laughs> 
don't fight it, guys. <laughs> don't fight it. If you fight Geist, you'll die. <laughs> I gave in long ago. He is the most dangerous. Uh, so that, I don't know if that would be good workout music, but... It would be for me. Yeah. It is fun to listen to. I, I tend to like workout music that's a little bit more amped. So like your, you know, your standard fighting anime types, but also like something that's got a really, really wicked beat in general. Um, okay. And like, I'm not going to go in it too much, but for example, there is one on here that like, as soon as it picks up, it is just a rocking beat yeah. that's going a million miles which an hour. It makes me want to run. Wait, which one's that? Uh, I believe it's Parasites opening. It's Let Me Hear by Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. The name of the band is Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? Yes. And it's a Japanese band? That's awesome. I, I definitely agree that I have kind of two types of music. Like, if I'm in the gym, like lifting weights and stuff it's a very different kind of music than if i'm ready to go running and i i agree that let me hear by fear and loathing in las vegas is is great did we ever play eternal loop we did not i was gonna say i feel like we skipped over that he pulled an audible and played geist i'm basically waiting for you guys to go through these i have we said eternal loop (laughs) by saber tiger that was the first thing the only, the only problem with Eternal Loop is that, like, this is one of the... I, sometimes when I'm working out, I, I do this thing, especially if I'm doing, like, anything that has to do with cardio. Mm-hmm. Because if you're just weightlifting, you don't really have to deal with this. But if I'm doing some kind of cardio workout where I'm, like, basically getting ready to throw up, right. I'll play certain songs, and I have this internal... I have this rule, this internal rule that I have, where if certain songs in my, like, shuffle are playing, I'm not allowed to stop, no matter what. Yeah. If I black out and die, I die. I really like if that. If he dies, he dies. This is one, that is an interesting thing to do. This is one of those songs because this is the song they play in High Minute Epo when Epo's like literally pretty much unconscious and still peels himself off the mat and goes like two more rounds. Right. So if I'm at the second half of my run and my legs are getting ready to like collapse, I just and this thing comes on, that's it. It's on. You got to last the whole nine minutes. This is a nine minutes. It's surprisingly slow, though. Well, I, that's why I kind of like this one is because, I mean, it's not necessarily a song that you can do massive amounts of cardio to, but, like, if you're lifting or if you're doing weights and stuff and you've got, like, another rep or another two reps, this is perfect. I feel like even if you are running, though, like, as Mizuki was saying, this song to me is like that, like, I can't go anymore, and you play it, and you're like, I gotta go! <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Let's get to the power ballad part of it. God, this is so such bad English, but I love it. I do love the wailing guitar solos. Now that I'm thinking about it, Chala from Dragon Ball would be an amazing song to look out to. Yeah. That would be awesome. God, I could play that whole song, but I'm not gonna put I won't put you guys through that. Yeah. So another one kind of on that fast, upbeat running pace that I've run to is Chase the World by Mayan. And this song is from Excel World. And this is definitely like the try to run to the beat <laughs> and like almost kill yourself in the process. That is awesome. Definite, this definite is this reminds me of like something from Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a, it's kind of poppy and kind of fun. Yeah, so it's got that high tempo kind of like electronic beat to it. Yeah, I this, like it. this song this song's fun, I think, for running and and it kind of this is my speed. I really like the EDM. This I, is I the like speed at which you run. 
no, this is my speed music. Holy crap. I wish. I wish I could run. The, the only problem with, with this song is that Mayan sings it, because ev- after going to a Mayan concert and seeing how incredibly awkward that was, I don't. She was I can never think. I can never listen to her music the same way again. She said thank you to every single person in the audience, every single one, it was like 40 for twenty minutes, minutes after the concert ended. Because it was all like fanboys, and she has to wow. pander to her everyone, audience. So. Everyone stayed seated as she every, went row by row and waited to leave until she reached their row. And I'm like, I'm not waiting. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Brandon Goins in the chat says that. Uh, Naruto soundtrack is uh, is really good. Oh, also New York Otaku says the same thing. But yeah, any kind of like shonen stuff, they tend to have really good like workout, you know, running, you know, kind of music. When I whenever I'm like boxing, if I'm like hitting the bag or whatever, hitting the mitts, I like to listen to something with like a good beat. So I'm trying to think of like a good anime, like hip hop kind of band or song. But anything like that is really good for having a keep keeping a certain rhythm. Samurai Champloo kind of oh, has that's true. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Samurai Champloo has some oh, good yeah. music in there. I think my personal favorite types to like work out to or run to or the ones that get me really, really amped up are the like Japanese rock types. Like one of my personal favorites is Howling by Abington Boys School. Really anything by Abington Boys School, but Howling from Darker Than Black. Like this just makes me really, really want to get into my workouts. Is it worth the price? You're like putting your gloves on. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You put the headband on. (laughs) Let's do this. Looking at myself in the mirror and like myself the up right there. You put the war paint underneath your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) And then she takes it all off and takes a shower. Good workout, guys. There's been a lot of great music lately. Like, All No Zero had great music. All those, um... What are they? Whatever they call that genre of music, uh, the the sped up stuff, whatever they call it. Um, you, no, Mitsugi, that is not from the anime itself. Nightcore is something fancy. Mitsugi discovered Nightcore recently. Did I tell you that? <laughs> he discovered Nightcore and he's like, "There's this band that I really like, and it's called Nightcore." No, like, no, listen to me. Listen, you're wrong because Nightcore is just the style that that music's done in. Those songs are created for All No Zero. Nightcore, the song that was created. The exact same song from the anime. It's identical. They didn't speed it up. They used the Nightcore song in the show. <laughs> I would, I would potentially challenge that. Okay, we'll go look it up online. Well, you never, you didn't watch All No Zero, so I guess you'll never no, know. I, I, I'm saying I found the songs that you sent side by side. The Nightcore did not. That doesn't mean like I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you that I love Nightcore, like. I really actually don't like Nightcore. I listened to like an hour of it, and it pretty much all of it was crap, except the songs from All No Zero. But I, that's just my opinion. It was just a bunch of really high-pitched like chipmunk girls singing. Chipmunk. What they sound like? Okay. I have no, I have no nothing to say on this. I have, I'm not even sure what song it is, but or yeah. Anyways. So the last one on our working <laughs> out playlist is Resonance by TM Revolution. Ah, good choice. From Soul Eater, so, so everyone can look it up correctly. Dude, there's so much good music in anime now that I'm thinking about it. The, the other day, I was listening to the opening theme from Yu Yu Hakusho, like on repeat. 
I don't know. Oh, Yu Hakusho is awesome. <laughs> no, dude, the amount of like anime soundtracks and anime scores and OSTs that I have in my phone, it's at least fifty yeah. percent. Like, there's just so much good stuff out there. That's awesome. I gotta find a way to get songs, like anime songs. It's, it's always hard to find a way to download them. Heavy yeah. Metal Leo in the chat says this is this is his alarm in the mornings. And that's Holy that's crap. a little intense. <laughs> I well, need, like, some really nice soothing music to, like, lull is, me awake. That is, would scare the crap out of me. He is heavy metal, Leo, so <laughs> it's understandable. That is true. Maybe this is soft. Maybe this, this is, is the soft lull to his yeah, bed. This is a lullaby to him. I, I can just see heavy metal Leo. He jumps out of bed. He's standing on top of his bed, and he's, like, playing his... He's like playing his pillow like it's an electric guitar. Yeah. He, gets, <laughs> just, he gets too into it and starts slamming the pillow onto the bed and screaming. His mom, daily morning. his mom comes in and she's like, Jesus Christ, what's going on here? Like, I earthquake. Feathers go everywhere. He wakes up in the morning and like kips up and is like standing on his bed. He's got like full kiss makeup on and he's just like, <laughs> It's like, and I just watched JoJo, so it's perfect. So Heavy Metal Leo turns to his mom and he's like, Bakalona Sona Yaro. And she's like, you're such a charming boy. Be, be on time for school. Oh, you're so cute. Oh, Bcom says that his alarm is uh, the Gekan Shoujo Nozaki-kun song. That was my alarm for a good while. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's one that I should have That's a fun here. one to wake up to. All right, well, that's our, that's our little playlist for working out. We're going to move on to music for chores. So this was kind of what we were talking about for this one is... Like I said, you're running errands to go to the store or you're cleaning the house and you're vacuuming. And for me, I like songs that I can kind of sing along to because then I focus on just kind of singing along to them rather than the fact that I've been scrubbing the toilet for five minutes or something. <laughs> oh, no, no, Nothing gets me jacked up like scrubbing the toilet. Dude, tell me about it. If you were Kentaro Oe from Golden Boy, you'd oh, be like, God. Oh, my queen, my queen, my queen uh, puts her little pink bottom here. <laughs> Cosmo is shaking his head no, but I, but but in, inside we're all thinking yes. So I don't think we should hold P right <laughs> AA in the chat in suspense. One of the ones on our list is Viva Namida by Yasuyuki Okamura from Space Dandy. Oh, that's awesome! Oh <laughs> yeah. By the way, this guy. Oh, sorry. This guy thinks he's Michael Jackson. By the way. Yeah, for sure. This is like something that you're like. You're, you're cleaning a window and then you just start dancing while you're doing it. See, that's the only requirement I have for doing chores music is I have to have something that I can like dance with the vacuum cleaner to. You right. know what I mean? This is evolving into a dance party. <laughs> hey, 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 dance party. Oh, I think we might have accidentally downloaded the karaoke version. Oh, no, we didn't. Listen to those sassy vocals. Sassy. You can just scream them. <laughs> well, the best thing about Space Standing is the theme song. That's a little hard. And a little true. Speaking of Space Dandy, he's losing to Gintoki from Gintama right now in the character battle. Oh my. As he should, by the way. <laughs> oh my. So there's one on here that I think is near and dear to Mitsuki's heart. Oh, really? And what would that be? It is a song from Space Brothers. And it's actually my favorite opening from Space Brothers. It's Small World by Fuji Fabric. I would definitely sweep the floor to this song. Actually, actually, pretty much all the theme songs of Space Brothers are good. That's true. There's like six six or seven of them. Didn't you do the Space Brothers dance with your students or for your students in Japan? Oh, yeah, totally. All the time. Wait, the Space Brothers dance? Yeah, Yeah, there's a dance? Yeah. What is yeah. this dance? 
they do it. They do it in the first opening video. Oh no, no, no I don't think you understand. I, I want you to do the. I can't do the. <laughs> I can't do the dance behind this behind our cramped little table here. You can you can stand in front of the table and do the dance show, right? Dance for me. Yeah, maybe maybe some other time. But uh, it's not it's not all that exciting. <laughs> but yeah, totally did that. That's awesome. So, um, speaking of another thing that I totally would uh, dance with my vacuum cleaner to and sing incredibly loudly uh, is Rage Beat by Bad Luck, which is um, the one of the opening songs from Gravitation. And it, it definitely makes vacuuming the house a little bit more fun. Oh, Gravitation. Old school, like go back. 80s, 90s. I had to throw at least one like Boys Love Anime in there. <laughs> <laughs> But this is very heavy. I can see, like, I'm scrubbing the sink. Now I'm wiping the counters. <laughs> <laughs> I want everyone I want everyone to just close their eyes for a moment and imagine Levi cleaning to this. <laughs> that is my new favorite mental image. <laughs> and Aaron's in the background, like, I can't. Oh, what? <laughs> And our last one for our music for doing chores is one that should be no surprise, but it is Youthful by 99 Radio Service, and it's from the anime Chihayafuru. I love this song. This is such a happy song. Like, the whole song feels, it feels like you're getting ready to, like, it's just happy. Usually when I'm doing chores, I'm not that happy. So getting getting a pick me up. Yeah, you need any happiness. It has like get. a vibe of like you're you're beginning a journey. You're getting ready to get things done. Like you know, accomplish something. Everybody in chat is Because this is a great song. <laughs> Not that we've listened to this song and I've never heard this song before in my life. Do you want to know what gets me going in the morning? But I really don't. But Nothing. Okay. Different playlist, but sure, we can do that one next. Nothing gets me going in the morning like the Son Goku song. This is a good get you going in the morning song. Yeah, That's great. Sorry, I lost control. <laughs> well, I feel like that's a pretty good lead into our anime music to get your day started playlist. How about that? That's <laughs> so it. That one wins. We can't. There's nothing I better. Say, and nothing we say will be better than that. But this I almost took my clothing off just now, <laughs> but I reeled it in. Why, why does Son Goku make you want to take off your <laughs> I actually want that's a question. I don't have to. Ex- I, look, look, I don't have to explain myself to you, okay? I'm the producer. You don't have to, but I'm just really curious. Yeah, Good, because I ain't bit. gonna. Mm. Oh. 
Anyways, (laughs) I feel like that's my job this episode is to just (laughs) transition. And moving on. All right, moving on. Um, Music to get your day started was kind of like songs that we were thinking you wake up in the morning and you flick on your iPod and it kind of, they're they're not like hardcore. (laughs) You said flick. I said flip. (sighs) Flip on your iPod. Oh, no. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even get that one. Can you explain this? Dude, you don't want him to explain (laughs) it. I know what he's going for. (laughs) Just keep moving. (laughs) <laughs> just move I feel it along. Like it's better left unexplained. Nothing to see here. <laughs> I'll explain it to you on the next news break. <laughs> when I'm older? <laughs> I'll, I'll explain it to you when you're older, Jackie. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. You turn on your music playing device, what <laughs> 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 whatever that is. Um, and these are songs that uh, we were kind of thinking like not too hardcore. Maybe not like heavy metal Leo Star Tuesday, <laughs> but but would put you kind of ready ready to get going, an optimistic kind of outlook. And and I agree, Song Goku would. Yeah, totally. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that song. Another one that I saw mentioned in the chat is the opening to Bada Come On, Absolutely. and that's Dashisa by Super Beaver. And can I just say Super Beaver? Yeah. <laughs> I love the song. The moment I heard this song, I downloaded it. I actually tweeted Super Beaver that I love this song, and they tweeted back. In, in English? In Japanese. Oh, what'd they say? No, they were like, thank you, and they followed me on Twitter. Oh, that's so cool. So that was very exciting. Oh, I think yeah, they might have unfollowed me since, but, you know, whatever. It was a nice thought. So another one that I really like, um, and it's one of our first ones in English, actually, um, is the opening to Black Butler. It's I'm Alive by Becca. And I feel like there's no other like mantra you can give yourself in the morning than like, I'm alive. I am here. Let's rock this day. Or, you know, so. And it's got a great beat. You guys actually like wake up and just flick on rock music? How flick, you never flick on? What, is, what are you? What are we flicking on? I don't understand. You said earlier that you flip open your iPod. I'm like, how? What? Flip on. Flip on. You flip on your iPod. It's an expression. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think it would generally. That is not a flip. That's a swipe. Why are you guys struggling with this so much? I just don't understand. I, I, asked, I asked a simple question. Do you seriously wake up and just start listening to heavy yeah. metal, like rock music? This isn't heavy Jesus rock. Christ. This is for sure. Well, I mean, it's not like this is what we use to wake ourselves up with our, like, alarm. This is kind of like I'm already awake. I'm I'm trying to get myself, you know, I'm, like, washing my hair. I'm, you know, putting on my makeup, something. So this is one that I've actually listened to many mornings, and it's Shangri-La, the... 2009 remodel by Denki Groove from Kuchu Uncle or Chachi Hi, Jacking. Jojo makes me want to rub my nipples, so I'm going to do that. Anyways, <laughs> are you excited, Cosmo? <laughs> Not at all. You think, oh, really? Well, I'm excited. Feel these nipples. No, I'm good. Thanks. So <laughs> how about that, that. Shangri La, guys?
All right, so this is Shangri-La. And I love it because it's really funky. And I'm just like, I get the shoulders going and the hips going, and I'm like shaking awkwardly around my bathroom. <laughs> this makes me feel like I'm putting on my uniform for the day, and I'm like putting on my bow tie. turn and you stop and you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, hey girl. Yeah, you gotta do like the, the double point though. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> he ended that with right. holy shit. He didn't even let it. So, one of the ones that I chose. Uh, oh shit. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> it really is what are we even doing with our lives anymore? <laughs> doing it all right bye guys that was a great show i'll see you later um i chose aoi shiori by galileo galilei from anohana it's one of my favorite anime of like a couple of years ago and this just makes me feel like i just woke up and the day is great the sun is shining the sky is blue like grab the day grab the bull by the horns is that the expression yeah yeah or by the balls wow (laughs) i don't think i've ever felt like that ever in the morning when i what i what this is this is what i'm thinking in the morning a lot Here's the, I definitely should listen to Aoi Shiori in the morning because this, because this is me in the morning. Ready? Oh God! Can I? How, this is you. How can I bear the, the? How can I bear the process of getting from my bed to my office? This is you in the morning, afternoon, and night. This is you <laughs> at say, all times. I, was gonna, I didn't really hear much of a difference. Whenever you're conscious, this is this is you. How can I get through this day without going insane? It's a really interesting contrast to hear you saying those things with Aoi Shiori playing in the background. <laughs> See, this is a song, though, I wouldn't have Shangri-La as my alarm, but I would have this as my, like, wake-up yeah, alarm. I, I wouldn't want to wake up. I would just be like, oh, I'm just going to lay in bed now and listen to this. Let me just tell you, nobody who wakes up at 5.55 in the morning mm-hmm. feels excited to get up, <laughs> ever. Unless you went to bed at, like, 7. Yeah. No one is thinking, woohoo, let's go. 555. Well, yeah. Still dark outside, loving it. <laughs> ba, ba, ba. No, no, well, then maybe it. maybe some of these uh, music for falling asleep will help you go to sleep a little bit earlier, Mitsuki. Uh, maybe. That is true, but um, that would that would uh, require the PlayStation no, to, no, to no longer exist. <laughs> mm. I feel your pain. Well, next time you uh, the PlayStation is unavailable, you can play Arugamama by Anamu and Maki by, from Naboro no O, and maybe it'll help lull you into sleepy times. <laughs> This one goes out to all you lonely lovers out there who are <laughs> staring up at a, at a starry sky. It's time to grab someone special and make your way to the dance floor. <laughs> Whoa, Kazuo, can we dance? <laughs> no. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> We're all like quiet. All right. We're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh... The next one, Mitsugi, you added to the list. This was one of your, I mean... We all seconded it, but... Seconded it? Seconded it. Very unique. What is it, Mitsugi? What is this? This is a secret of the moon from Planet Test. Uh-huh. This is like 
to me, like, definite sleepy music. Oh, yeah, definitely. Put it on low and just kind of, like, close your eyes and lean back. <laughs> Maybe not, not that asleep. rendition, but... <laughs> If you're singing it, I'm not falling asleep. <laughs> and our next, our next Patreon milestone is going to be Mitsugi singing over the karaoke versions to all of these songs. We have to have like a, a Mitsugi Christmas album. I'd buy that shit. Mitsugi <laughs> wants to snuggle. <laughs> so the next one actually has good night in the song title. So you know oh, it's a song for sleeping. And That's that is not necessarily the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It is Good Night Julia by Yoko Kano. Spoilers. Spoilers? I say you that bitch dead. <laughs> 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 oh, <no>, spoilers. <laughs> I, I just said the name of the song. I'm really sorry. And Cowboy <laughs> Bebop okay. Cowboy Bebop is 26 years old. If you didn't no, watch it's not. Oh, sorry, sorry. I got my it's, okay, it's 17 years old. Okay. If you haven't watched it yet, tough shit. Julia's dead, okay? But Spike is still alive. Spike dies too. No, he does not. That is not true. They don't confirm No that. body, no death. And Ayn gets euthanized. Oh. No. No. I mean, 17 years. Ayn is long dead by now. If it was 17 years ago. No, Ayn will live forever. Ayn went off with Radical Ed. Radical Ed will find some way to keep Ayn alive. That's true. If anyone can. Insisting that Spike is alive. It's true. He is. I guess we didn't watch the same thing. It, no, <laughs> no, I, no. The the creator in an interview said that he doesn't know if he's alive or not. Like he says, I don't if know. The creator doesn't. Uh, he know. Didn't yeah, he, somebody asked him, "Is he dead?" And he's like, I, "I'm not sure." He just doesn't have the balls to admit that he's dead. He's not dead. Spike's a quitter. He's not dead. He's been through worse. He's okay. <laughs> he's dead, Jim. When he said, <laughs> when he said "bang," he really meant you. Me? Oh yeah. yeah. I was gonna say I'm, I'm okay, okay with that. So our next one is called Under the Moonlight, and it's by Takefumi Haketa, and it's from the anime Someday's Dreamers. And I actually, this is a soundtrack that I really enjoy. I mean, it's somewhat repetitive, but it's an OST that I've listened to for many a year. The heart makes it sleepy time. I feel like I'm listening to one of those soundtracks that you buy from like Target. That's like songs yeah. for the best Songs time. of the season. <laughs> Chucky, you know what this sounds like? It sounds like that one theme from from, from Eds of Sidonia. For I our know. summer theme, press two. <laughs> <laughs> and our last one. I just, I, I can't, I don't have anything else. It's a, it's a, it's a nice song. Um, our last one was already mentioned in the chat, but it kind of segues into our next playlist because our next playlist is anime music to play for non-anime friends. And I think this one, this song could go in either playlist, either for non-anime friends or for sleepy time. And that's the Sore Feet song by Ali Kerr and from Mushishi. 
And the whole anime kind of makes you sleepy, so it only yeah, makes definitely. sense. I only saw Mushishi for the first time like two weeks ago, Did and you? I was going crazy over this song. It was like on repeat forever. Really? I love it. I watched it when it first came out, and it was, it was very sleepy. Like, that sleepy is the theme of that show. Beautiful, then. I have to watch it again. And I actually really like the lyrics to this song. It's very, um... I'm trying to think of the band that this reminds me of. I need to contrast uh, this with, like, some death metal. It's like, what's that? The one that does Wonderwall? Oh, uh... Is that Oasis? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, this kind of reminds me of a little bit of Oasis. I was thinking like Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Don't know who that is, but okay. <gasps> Come on, man. So, <laughs> and Mitsugi Hi, is hijacking again. Yo! Yo! <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll use this to segue us into anime, anime music to play for non-anime fans, which would not be this. But the whole idea behind this playlist is I actually had this happen to me the other day where a coworker was asking for some music. And what do I do? I'm going to try to impose my anime addiction on them. And so I recommend yeah. a number of songs that I can then look at them and say, by the way, those were all anime songs. Chucky's a true, a true leader of the AAA podcast, spreading the addiction to people even when we're not podcasting. Wow. You know it. You are a model citizen. Oh, thank I you. I want to be just like you when I grow up. <gasps> oh, thank you. I want to have long, sexy blonde hair. That's Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> so a lot of these songs, a lot of these songs are not in Japanese to, to avoid turning, because that does turn people off. None of them are. None of them, yeah, none of them are. <laughs> oh, and wow. some, of them, some of them don't have lyrics to kind of show kind of like when we suggest anime to show to non-anime fans we try to suggest a range of like by the way anime can also be scary it can also be very mature it can also be stupid like it to show the range to people and and i think that's kind of how we develop this playlist okay can can i say the first one yeah. all right so i absolutely adore all of the music from this anime it's uh the anime is called kids on the slope and this is their bunkasai medley um and yoko kano did all the music for this yoko kano did cowboy bebop grab um wolf's rain and all of that stuff and it's just it's absolutely gorgeous and we only put two yoko kano songs on this whole list <laughs> but really just insert yoko kano song here and you can find somewhere to put that <laughs> in your day-to-day -day life yeah, except for the stuff she did in Resonance and Terror, whatever it was. Well, <laughs> Skip that one. <laughs> for all you jazz fans out there, just listen to this wonderful rendition of My Favorite Things. See, and that's what I love about this song, is if you played it for someone, there would be nothing that would make them think that this wasn't just off like a smooth jazz album or something. Wait, this is, these are a few of my favorite things. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I need, I need that. <laughs> I mean, it is also one of my favorite things, personally, but it right. is also my favorite things. Though, search, what is playing, though, is Boon Kasai Medley. It's the piano and the drums together that are coming in right now. And there is my favorite things on this soundtrack that does have a person singing in English to it, 
Not that I'm saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying if you're looking for this particular song from Kids on the Slope, it's called Bunkasai Medley. And then your friend goes home and looks up like anime music to, uh, to see what else there is, and they get this. <laughs> like, what the? This is not what I thought. This isn't what I signed up for. Sounds like something from Mortal Kombat. Actually, this song is cool. I actually like this song. Finish it. I like this song, too. Yeah, this doesn't sound that bad. What was that? <laughs> I'm not going to say. I didn't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a Kotoko song called Blaze. Sub-Zero. So, Bunkasai Medley was on the side of, like, smooth jazz. And then the next one we have on music to play for non-anime fan is more on the side of big brass, big band jazz, and it's Guns N' Roses by Paradise Lunch, the opening to Bucketo. Oh yeah. This opening is so shades of tank. Oh yeah, totally. Definite similarities there. And like animation-wise, absolutely gorgeous. I love this anime so much. This could be good workout music too. Not for me. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I can see that like mid jog. Like like I've started and I'm kind of like somewhere in the middle and I'm still feeling good. I'm not feeling like I'm about to die. So maybe like, you know, like two minutes in. Yeah, like the cool down. The cool down. I can see that. Yeah. Um, another one that uh, the one that we're going to talk about next, it was kind of like we had a million things to choose from in terms of uh, Miyazaki and Ghibli movies and Joe Hisaishi specifically. And it was kind of, for me, it was really hard to narrow it down, but Chiaki was just like, this one. So <laughs> the song is, of course, the merry-go-round of life from Howl's Moving Castle. And specifically, the version that I like is from Piano Stories 4. That's the name of the album. And I like it because it has the piano that then brings in the orchestral. And I've heard it both ways with just the piano and just the orchestral. But I really like the two kind of coming together. And I've also heard ones done not by Joe Hisaishi, and they're just not as good. Oh, God, no. I mean, pretty much anything by Joe Hisaishi, I feel like, could be on this playlist. Kind of like Yoko Kana. last one is another song this one has lyrics and it is in english going back to that whole low barrier to entry and it's kind of a good one to to bring us back up and wrap this up it's called red line day by rob laufer and it's from the anime red line I like how if you're listening to this in headphones, it's, it's got some uh, some play with like which ear it's coming into. Oh, I love when they do that. I guess we forgot that there's like a 75 second lead in. <laughs> 
we can or we can skip ahead. All the music from Red Line is great. Yeah, Yellow Line almost got added to... I, I've run to Yellow Line before. People in the chat have been wondering all along, the whole time, you know, this should be on here, this should be on here. I, I, I don't disagree, but we only picked four songs from, from each category, and each category could probably have like 100 songs in it. So here's what I want. I want everyone in the chat or everyone, everyone listening to tweet their favorite songs to AA Podcast, at AA Podcast on Twitter, and also at AA Kazuo, because I need some music for my, you know. Aww. Can we do at Elise Kova at also? At Elise Kova as well. So at the three of us, send us your favorite anime songs. I want to see what's out there. And if you haven't seen the movie Red Line... Please watch that in 1080p and prepare to um, ruin all anime for the rest of your life visually for yourself because... Yeah, that's an insanely beautiful... You'll like, never... Just the animations, it's incredible. I have it on Blu-ray and it's it's made for Blu-ray. It's, it's awesome. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. So. Well, this was a fun topic. Hopefully we will get a number of new tweets and can had our playlists even more but for now we'll go into our second anime news break and when we come back we're going to have a review of death parade This is Chiaki, and this is your anime news break. First up, the Monogatari series has been a series that has been going on for a long time, and for lots of fans, that couldn't be better news. However, an end may be in sight. Animator Hiroko Kazui has listed in her work history that she worked on the anime Nisi Oisin's Ore Monogatari novel volumes this past year. According to the listing, she did storyboards for Monogatari series final season, Owari Monogatari. She previously drew the storyboards for the Monogatari series second season from the anime studio Shaft. Owari Monogatari is a three-volume novel that is part of the final season of the Monogatari series. The first volume shipped with the stories Ogi Formula and Sadoachi Riddle and Sadoachi Lost in October of 2013. The third volume shipped in 2014, so it would make sense if the final anime adaptation is on its way. Now, in some anime live-action news, if you're excited or mildly curious about the upcoming live-action Attack on Titan, Australian distributor Madman Entertainment has got your back. They've begun streaming the new full trailer for the live-action film of Attack on Titan this past week. The, The trailer does have English subtitles and is on YouTube. It unveils the live-action version of the 3D Maneuver Gear in action for the first time. And you get some Titan on Titan battle. If you go to YouTube, you can search for Attack on Titan live-action movie official full trailer. And while you're on YouTube, Madman Entertainment has been busy because they've also begun streaming an English subtitled trailer for Parasite The Final Act, the second live-action film adaptation of the Parasite manga. 
The video reveals that Mad Men will be screening the film in Australian theaters on a one-day limited engagement on July 25th. So for all of you in Australia, you're pretty lucky campers right now. If you're on YouTube, you can search up Parasite Part 2 Live Action Film official trailer for the English subtitled version. And finally, I have a riddle for you. What do you get when you mixed 800 applicants with an iconic manga? You get actress Suzu Hirose. She will be starring as the heroine Chihaya Ayase in the live-action film project of the Chihayafuru manga. There'll be two films, Chihayafuru Kami no Ku, or Upper Phrase, in March of 2016, and Chihayafuru Shimonoku, which is Lower Phrase, in April 2016. The film titles, in case you're wondering, refer to the two halves of each poem that are key to the Japanese card game of Karuta. Taichi and Arata, along with a number of other notable characters, have also been casted. You can find pictures online. This was Shiaki, and this was your anime news break. Don't go anywhere because we'll be back to the show soon. Hey, Chiaki. Hey, Mitsugi. I heard of this podcast called Anime Addicts Anonymous. Yeah. They have this really handsome guy named Kazuo on there. Have you heard of it? Well, yeah. I, I think I'd like to throw my money at him. <clears throat> I mean, support that podcast. Mitsugi, are you feeling all right? You're supposed to be the producer. Um, of- as I was saying, do you know how I can support the AAA podcast? Oh, well, as a completely unbiased podcast listener, you can pop over to their Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash AAA podcast. This is a great way to support the Anime Addicts Anonymous, and you can get some cool content like AAA ringtones, weekly show notes, unedited episodes, and more. Better yet, I see here that you can get exclusive access to the podcast's bi-weekly hentai episodes Pervert. and broadcast after parties <laughs> which are so much fun so after you go to patreon.com forward slash aaa podcast and support the show you can feel free to stuff all those dollar bills straight into kazuo's boxer shorts where i put my money is none of your business And we're back to the 283rd episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. It's so good to be back, Mitsugi. Let me tell you. Yeah? Tell me about it. Uh, that's all I got to say. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was just buying time. So um, I was so far away, but now I'm back. So we're going to be doing a review on Death Parade. Uh, you know, before we do that, I feel like everybody should put their hands up. Put your hands up. <laughs> Speaking of anime songs, the intro to Death Parade is incredible. I absolutely love that song. But okay. anyways. <laughs> I never heard it. I saw a couple of episodes, but I you skipped just skipped the, the opening. Oh, you missed out. So, you know, I would play it for you, but this MacBook ba- basically barely functions. So right. we're just going to kind of be happy. We have audio at, at all. So it's, it's an anime done by a studio Madhouse. There's Madhouse. There's a lot of production credits for this show. Madhouse, VAP, Funimation Entertainment, Dax Production. Does anybody ever get it? Because every time, every time we say it's Studio Madhouse, I go, Madhouse? It's Charlton Heston. Nope. No. Okay, nobody gets that. Get I'm the only one. You're cool. the only one. You're just like Tigger. You're the only one. Yeah. P-I-double-G-R. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, 
Death Parade is a 12-episode anime that came out. It started airing in, on January 10th, 2015. The director is Yuzuru Tachikawa, whom he he's he's got he he has some credits here. He he's done a lot of work on Cheese New Address. He uh, he was the director of Arata Naru Sekai, but his overall directorial credits are pretty limited, honestly. He did some direct. He did some episode directing for for Kill a Kill, mm-hmm. but he's yeah. uh, he's a relatively new director in the anime world. Yeah, I think the only thing he's completely directed on his own has been uh, Death Parade and yeah. its predecessor, Death Billiards. I agree. So I think that's pretty much. Oh no, he did. Uh, what is this here? Arata Naru Sekai. Yeah, I just read that one. Oh, did you? I'm sorry. But uh, but I don't know. I don't know what that is. I've never heard uh... of it. So so Death Parade is it's a. Um, I'm not even going to bother reading the synopsis on any website because I don't think either I don't think any of them are any good. But um Death Parade for the majority of it takes place inside of a bar called mm-hmm. called Queen Dekim. Right. And that is not Japanese, in case you're wondering. And the the bar is sort of a place of judgment where souls pass through on their way to either reincarnation or the void. Mm-hmm. And generally speaking, two people arrive at once and the the bartender Whose name is Deckim, I think. Yes, it is. He 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 is basically an arbiter that passes judgment on your soul, and in doing so, he and all, pretty much every single person who shows up has to play a game with another person at the bar. And throughout the course of the game, they realize that they're you know that they're gonna that, that they need to win the game in order to not go to hell or whatever. Sometimes that's what they believe, and generally the game is just a vessel in order to allow. Deckim to judge people's past and their their the the darkness of their souls. Right. Yeah. So. When when they first show up at the bar, they show up in these elevators and they have no memory of their death. They don't even know that they're dead. And uh, Deckim will tell them, you know, now we have to play a game for your life. And so generally they become kind of terrified of that. And as they're playing the game, their memories start to come back to them about what led to their death. And um, a lot of times you'll see people just completely freak out and become psychopaths. And then you'll yeah. see other people who are just like, oh, okay, well, this is it. I'm and, dead now. And then you've got people like the old lady at the end who's yeah, just she was, she was my really, favorite. <laughs> really happy. She's, She's like, like, okay, cool, I'm dead. I'm All right, so well. cool, oh, yeah. <laughs> I had a good life. Thanks, guys. I had a good life, and I'm so happy that my yeah. artistic creations are on these playing cards. Oh, yeah. so but cute. a lot of people are not so easygoing, it seems. Yeah. So that was something that I kind of wanted to ask where I, I saw the episode at the end, and, and I have not seen, I saw like the last three, four episodes of this series, and that's it. Um but the the lady at the end, the playing cards had some relevance to her life in that they had like some images on them that were relevant to her and her story. Are the games that the characters play relevant to their profession or how they died, or is is it random? Gen- generally, it's random. Um, they have they there's a roulette that they they'll press a button and it'll select a random game. It'll be you know uh, bowling or darts or card game or. Um, air hockey. There's a number of different games that they play, but the game themselves, the the game itself is pretty random. Um, the the whole point in, in playing the game is to is to uh, put the person under duress and also to awaken memories. So, but the game itself is not necessarily important. Yeah. So we have they play darts. They play mm-hmm. Twister. Yes. They play poker. Or they play um, old maid. Old maid. Yes. They play. Uh, they do air hockey. Bowling. Bowling, and um, is that pretty much it? I think so. Yeah. So it's just so like kind of standard uh, bar games for the most part. Uh, so so the games really aren't... 
the actual game that's being played, I don't think I feel like is really all that important to the no. anime. No, some of them but, are kind of interesting though because they'll do things like in the first episode with the dart game, they would have it to where when a person would hit the board, it would it would connect with a certain organ or body part of the person that they're playing against. So if they hit through the dart and it hit the person's it hit the eyeballs, then the other person would feel pain in their eyes and stuff like that. So, so what was your favorite game that they played amongst the ones we, we that we just read? Oh, Twister, for sure. Come on, bro. The Twister game? That's what I, come on. Yeah, what are we doing? <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the Twister episode was called Cross Heart Attack. Yes. And that was actually my favorite episode <laughs> in the show. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, there were some, there was some, some really good episodes. What's cool is that like a lot of it, I mean, there was an, a, a running, there was a running theme and, and a plot in the show, but there was also like each episode was very... Uh, I don't want to say episodic, but it was kind of episodic because it's like you have completely different people that show up at this bar and they have to go through this ordeal. Uh, although there was a, 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 a theme running throughout the entire show. So I, d- I do like that. You can kind of just tune in to several different episodes at right. random. Well, well, I will say I started with the old ladies episode, which I think mm-hmm. is the third or the fourth before the end. I'm not really no, it's sure. Pretty much like the last one. It's like the third to the end. Yeah, I think I think, yeah. I think it's there's two after that. And... And while I had a couple questions of like, okay, so they're okay, that's who he is, that's who she is. It I, I didn't feel lost. Like I, I could pick it up and enjoy it even coming in so late in the series. Yeah, the I mean the overall story of the show wasn't wasn't too complex. I mean, it was you, you, like as you said, you can pick it up in the past couple episodes and understand where they're going and where they've been. Um, but I still think that each individual episode is interesting to watch, especially uh, someone in the chat actually just said it, and I, um, I don't know, let's see if I can scroll back and see. But they said that this is, uh, oh, it was New York Otaku. He said you could probably put this anime into the psychological category. And I feel like that's that's very accurate. It's You get to see how people react when under duress. And, and it's it's really interesting to see someone who may on the surface be just a, you know, just a normal, happy, uh, kind person turn out to be like a complete psychopath when their life is at stake. So, um in the, and there are several episodes that that have things occur like that. But what I thought was cool, um, talking about each individual episode. So the first episode, they were playing darts. It was a couple, a newlywed couple, and they're playing darts. And as I mentioned, the, if they would hit a body part, the other person would feel the pain. More like newly dead. Well, as the as the as the points got lower, um, then it would be more pain. So like the first time it hits, you're like, oh, that kind of hurts. But then at the end, you're like, oh god, and you're like throwing up and stuff. Right. Um, but so they they did they did that. The second episode was kind of cool because they did the first episode again, but from a different perspective. Right. And you get to see what the arbiter and his assistant saw um, while yeah. this was all going it's on. From like the it's like a behind the scenes view of how the process unfolds. Exactly. Exactly. And them judging the people. Yeah. And what I thought was cool. Is, so the first episode is pretty dark. Like it's pretty messed. It's up. very dark. Yeah. The stuff that that goes on. But then the third episode, when you meet the next couple that shows up, or the next pair of people, they're not necessarily a couple at the time. Um, but it's a lot lighter. You know, I when when the I watched the first episode. Yeah. When I, the bowling one. When I watched the first two episodes, I was like, oh, is this just going to be like screwed up tragedy the entire time but then you see the third episode and you're like oh this is really sweet you know it's like these you know yeah they're dead but in the game they get to know each other and and they end up really liking each other and, and they uh, have a good time Deckham gives them enough time to go on a date yeah so have like a date so it's not all dark tragedy there is a lot of uh light enjoyable stuff it's, have you guys explained who Deckham is yet though for uh, the Deckham, people listening? He's, we did he's the arbiter he he's the bartender it's mostly dark though Kazuo. i mean you have you have people that were murdering each other. Yeah, got, no, there's definitely a lot of that. You got people who, who committed suicide. You've got people that. Yeah. Um. What was it? There was one that was really brutal that I can't. 
recall right, right, right off the top of my head. But know. but I mean, there's people that are like backstabbing each other. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of dark. I mean, but it's, it's to be expected. It's a show about people who have been killed or are dead, and now having to deal with the fact that they're dead and potentially going to hell or to the void or whatever. So I mean, but even for that, even a sh- for a show about death, there was surprisingly some um, fun parts and fun episodes do they keep the whole concept of first episode from the perspective of the people second episode from the perspective it's just the first it was just yeah i think i think the reason why they did that in the second episode was to because when you watch the first one i mean you kind of understand it on a surface level but then after seeing the second one that's when they really kind of open up what the whole thing is about and you're like oh okay i see it's this whole kind of organization that's in place um and they and they touch on it later on in the show quite a bit but um, they don't do that same structure over again. This might be the only anime ever where every single character is either dead or non-living. Yeah, yeah. Everybody. Uh, I mean, there are there, you you see like there's a part where you see someone who is alive, but yeah, in a memory maybe in a memory or something like that. Yeah, but every all the characters are either like god figures, like the arbiters, mm-hmm. or they're just people's souls that are getting ready to be judged. So yeah. there's no living people, no living allowed. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Um, I thought so. the I thought the, the the anime's strongest point is its atmosphere. Right. I thought that the atmosphere of the bar is was really powerful, and the sort of grip that it keeps on the viewer throughout the process of each person being judged is really strong, mm-hmm. and their ability to sort of tell a story about two about two characters throughout the course of one episode was really uh, at times kind of masterful. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, because you're, again, you're only given 20 minutes and and in the way that they tell these characters' story isn't so straightforward as like, you know, um, oh, let's spend the first X amount of minutes discussing how they got here and then, no, it was like you're, you're, it's it's unfolding in bits and pieces and then you kind of put it all together at the end as a, like a puzzle. I feel like I'm exactly. in the exact same boat as Chiaki um, in the sense that I, I only saw the last three episodes as well um, and I feel like I saw kind of like a full complete OVA. Like yeah. I feel like it had a beginning, it had a middle, it had an end. I learned everything that I needed to know. I was completely engrossed in it the whole time. I was interested and I learned a little bit about the Arbiters and about Deckham and it was... I would go back and watch the rest of them. Yeah. I, I think I would, yeah. I mean, there are several episodes on their own that that stand just fine, you know, um, because you, get, you you meet these these characters, they come into the situation, the situation is explained to them, um, and, and you kind of see where they go and what becomes of them. So it's like, it, there are a lot of episodes that can stand on their own. No, it's it sounds really interesting to me because it... It sounds very much with the the way it's set up with the stories and the episodes that it's a, a character piece and it's studying kind of humans and who we are at our core when we're faced with our own mortality and things of things like that and and maybe you disagree with that assessment and that's fine because I haven't seen enough of the show but was there ever was there ever a case that you had someone who you felt one way about at the start of the episode and then a very different way about at the end, or you were very conflicted about them where you're like, I want to hate this guy, but anything like that. Uh, I mean, that's a big part of it is they sort of, there's two sides of it. One is, you know, how does the person react when, when they're faced with their own mortality and how does the person, and how do the, like the first thing that that the arbiter does when, when the person comes into the bar is they read all their memories. So, by the time they're done playing the game, they've revealed pretty much all of who they are, and the Arbiter can get a clear picture of whether or not that person's worthy of being reincarnated or not. Right. 
So yeah, I mean a lot. That's as you were saying. That's that's almost every episode. That's like you meet the person and uh, you again you see them on a surface level where it's like oh this is just a nice business person and then you kind of tell either for the better or for the worse uh, who they really are like at their core and sometimes it's great sometimes you're like oh they're a really sweet person and sometimes it's like holy crap this person is a psychopath and they deserve to die I think that for the <laughs> most part the show because when the person arrives at the bar they have no recollection of who they are or how mm-hmm. they died. And they sort of regain those memories gradually as the game unfolds mm-hmm. that they play. By the at the beginning of the episode, you know, as a viewer, you can sort of take a stab at who, whether or not one of them is going to be a bad guy, or whether they're both bad, or if they're both good. Right. But you're it's it's close to impossible to predict who is like you know who's going to be the bad guy. Like there's no there's no real way to have an expectation. Yes. Up front, except for one episode where the where they said that one of them was a murderer. Like up front, you knew one of them was going to be bad. Yeah. Well, you know what you're saying about how you can never really tell who is and is not the good person, or, or, if, or if maybe they're both good or whatever. So much so that even the arbiter himself in the first episode, or they and they discuss it in the second episode, condemned a person who shouldn't have been condemned. You know, and they discuss it in the second episode. You may miss it, though. But they talk about, you know, because someone in the first episode, I mean, I don't know if we can spoil the first episode. Spoil it, man. Okay. So in the first episode, it's a, it's a newlywed couple, as I mentioned before, and they play the game of darts. And as it unfolds, you find out that the, the husband is um, concerned that his wife may have been cheating on him. And, you know, he overheard her friends talking about something. And he, so he gets, an, he gets the idea that she's been cheating on him. And she's pregnant, and he thinks it's with the other person's, it's, it's the other person's child. And at the very end of the episode, they're you know at this point they've lost their you know lost their minds, and they're yelling and going back and forth. And he's like, you know, it's not my child, and blah blah blah. And then and she, and, and at this point, she turns and is basically like, you know, you're right, it's not your child. Why would anyone love you? And I've been playing you all this time. And so and then he tries to like kill her, and and so but so she admits to like cheating on him and all this stuff and so Deckham kind of condemns he condemns her to the void and then in the second episode it's uh his his assistant kind of brings it to his attention that don't you understand that she was lying that that she'd never cheated on him the reason why she said that was um to make him feel better about killing his own child and stuff like that so there are there are situations where it's not so black and white right so much so that even the characters in the show you know may condemn the wrong person so I think yeah. I think that's interesting that fall- fallibility that's there. One of the things that I'm curious about uh, with this show is how is the pacing? Because I feel like d- does it feel like you needed all 12 episodes or would it have been better as a, a shorter OVA where there are stories that felt weaker than others? I think they could have they could have done it more quickly. Yeah. I think that it probably could have the, sh- the whole show probably could have gotten its point across in maybe eight episodes. Yeah, I mean, but still, I mean, it's only twelve episodes, so you know, it's yeah, it's about as concise as you can expect. But and and there were there were a lot of episodes that weren't imperative to the story to the progression of the overall story, but I still enjoyed them. I, you I, know? I would say the pacing is kind of slow. It's not really a gripping anime. Like if mm-hmm. you're watching, if you're, if you're looking for a show that's going to grip you and have you edge of your seat, white knuckle. Yeah, um, this is not it. Really super glued to it. I mean, this maybe isn't isn't it. This is more of like a slow paced. Uh, I would almost say it's a mystery anime. 
because at the, because at the beginning of every episode, you don't know how it's going to unfold. You yeah. sort of receive the information little by little. So it's it's a it's a mystery psychological like human studies kind of show yeah. where you you know you're it's all about learning about how people really are. It's definitely the whole definitely the overarching theme of the show is life and you know the value of life and what you do with life because you've got all these people. The com one of the common themes between all the people is th- is that you you see so much regret. Oh you've yeah, you've got people who are who are, they're always crying. They're like oh. I wish I could see my mother one more time or I wish I could have been a better father or, you know, whatever it is, you've got all these people that just billow forth their regrets at their, at the moment of their judgment. Yeah. Which is common. I mean, that's to be expected. Most people don't live their lives as, as full as they would like to. And then, you know, if it's cut short, you're definitely going to have some regrets. But then what I liked is that we mentioned earlier with the old lady in that uh, episode nine or whatever that she was completely content she lived her oh, life yeah. she did what she loved she had no regrets and she was ready to go so it's like it, it's 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 very interesting it's definitely an interesting study on, on human behavior one of the things that i think is worth mentioning too that i thought was very interesting about the show is that they didn't play on the western concept of heaven and hell i would say that it was definitely and you guys already mentioned the whole reincarnation thing that they weren't necessarily they they were playing to get reincarnated, but but I think that's very interesting because it it's very much kind of on the Eastern side, on the Buddhist side of how we're stuck in a loop of reincarnation and how the hells, the Buddhist hells oftentimes, are not necessarily hell as we understand them in the West of there's this awful place that you're going to get sent to after you die and be tortured, whatever that may look like for you. But but hell is is being reincarnated as something something less than what you were previously in many cases and or even even further down the line of of being like the tiniest insect incapable of doing anything Hmm. and and in this show i thought it was interesting that the worst thing and again having seen only three episodes and correct me if i'm wrong in this understanding but but basically the worst thing was getting sent to the void and that was like you you're out of the reincarnation loop you're done is that right? Yeah, I mean, basically, you're either reincarnated or they just they describe the void as a sensation of 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 falling for eternity. Yeah, it's w- the abyss. It's yeah, um, where you where you obsess over your blackest emotions and just get consumed by by like the darkness of your soul. Yeah, yeah. It's also um, there are certain Christian religions that it's discussed in, in the Book of Revelations where it's an abyss that you're you're thrown into and you're eternally falling and and. Uh, you know, dealing with the negative emotions and things like that. So um, it's an interesting concept. It's not so much just a deletion. You know, it's not, it's not you're being erased from life. It's you're being kind of tormented forever in blackness. So not a happy place. Now, it's... But I, oh, sorry. No, no. I, I was just going to wrap up the thought saying, I do think it's interesting, though, that they just said reincarnation and they never said what the people... You get to continue to be a part of the cycle of reincarnation, but you never know... They just get sent off into that metaphorical elevator to go on to their next life, and you never know what that next life is going to look like. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's definitely yeah. interesting. Yeah, I mean, they never really... There's, it never goes further than that. They don't talk about the next life. They just... No. It's all about just the judgment. And you actually know, you can see who, who is and who isn't reincarnated because in probably half of the... I would say in close to half of the episodes that, that there is a judgment... Mm. They will show you one shot. 
that has the quote unquote fate that every the elevators they put them into the they put them into an elevator after they're judged and they either go to he- they either get reincarnated or go to the void. And there's like a a, a mask of a demon and then like it's like a white face and a red face above the elevators that are not the same faces each time. Like in the first episode, the girl goes to hell and the guy doesn't. In the second episode, or third, or in the third episode, they both go to heaven. So, like it's different every time. So you can see who who is and who isn't reincarnated on most of the episodes where that happens. Mm-hmm. So it is sort of an and interesting it, thing. Yeah, and it's also apparent by what occurs in the show. You're like, oh, yeah, this person's screwed. So, yeah, pretty much. Like, for the most part, I think it's fairly predictable. Yeah. Um, who who did you like better? Did you like Deccan better, or did you like the um, what the hell was the red haired arbiter? Oh, name? I don't remember his name, but He's a total uh, dick though. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, you know that's hard to say. I really did like them both. Uh, d- you know, Deccan is one of those. This is an interesting thing I noticed when I was watching the show. Deccan has no emotion throughout the show. Like he's very blank slate. Um, and normally that upsets me. Like I'm, I, you have the clip of I think of me ranting about, or maybe you didn't save the clip, but I was ranting about that one character. Oh, I, oh, I've got it. Yeah, and and like about eight how minutes, eight minutes. I just went on about how he had zero emotion and what you know. But there, there's a reason why Deckham's that way, and it's because arbiters are not supposed to feel human emotions. So it was understandable. Like I was okay with it and I accepted it, and it, it made sense for the show. So I really liked him. Um, the other guy was was weird because he was an arbiter too, and again, they're not supposed to feel emotion, but he was always angry. He had lots <laughs> so of emotions. I don't know if he was legitimately angry or if that was just kind of like a fake personality trait that they put upon him. So everything was like Mendoxai. Yeah, you know, oh, I don't want to deal with this; such a hassle. He's basically like he's basically you. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Pretty thank much. You. He was pretty. He was pretty. Cock- Which is hilarious because you hated him. <laughs> he was pretty cockoey, so. Uh, I mean, like to the point where he didn't even want to deal with the people that were playing the game. He basically had had his cat do all the work for him <laughs> while he sat there and read like car magazines or something. Yeah. And they're they're like dying and fighting for their lives. His and cat would his hit the cat button. Cat is pushing the button to spin the spin the twister wheel. So I I liked him, but um, yeah, I know he didn't really take. There was, he only did one judgment in the show, though. Yeah, so, yeah, you see him a couple of times after that, but yeah, he only does the one judgment. So I, I didn't think the show was all like roses and candy, though. No, definitely not. Oh I my mean, goodness, no. I mean, the way it ended. Oh my gosh, so emotional. Yeah, I mean, no, I did. I meant like I didn't like everything about it. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. I thought you meant like happy and good. I mean, there, there were times during the show where I started to lose interest. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, basically because. Well, it's, I don't know if that was the show's fault. To be honest, I was watching you watch. Well, the you show. only watched me watch the last two episodes. Yeah, I lost interest before that happened. Before and, that, and the yeah, so I don't know if that was necessarily the show's fault because I was interested. Well, we're, you know, you and I are different people. That's true. That's so very, I'm, very true. So I'm si- so I'm sitting in my car in the morning before I go into work, watching an episode of this on my phone, and I'm like, uh, you know, basically not really all that interested in. Mm-hmm. I was not all that interested in the like the fourth judgment. With the with the uh, the one where they played air hockey, mm-hmm. that that whole section of the show completely bored me. Really, I, I was not into that one at wow. all. And I think it just it just case that by was like one of the best ones because that was the one where there was like, you know, there's a murderer and you're like, holy crap, what we have to judge a murderer? How are we gonna do that? And they're like, I don't that know, was interesting. Maybe I just wasn't in the mood for it. I mean, I I thought it was like enough. It was enough, you know, that we didn't need to have five judgments. Mm-hmm. 
And if you're if, if you're just a person who wasn't particularly interested in the two people that were being judged or their sort of the circumstances of their lives, then that section that were however many episodes and it, it was I would say it averages probably two episodes per per group. That two episodes those two episodes are just boring for you because that's all you're that's all you've got for that span of the show. So like that didn't interest me. The the, the episode with the old woman didn't interest me, and the ending was fine. See, yeah, I mean, I again, it, that's just a matter of your taste. I, of course. I like those episodes though, but I don't know. I it, again, the one with those two guys interested me because there, you know, there was a twist of one of them was actually a murderer, not just a random person that had died, and so they had to deal with that. Um, I think it turned out they were both murderers. Spoilers. And then the one with the old lady was interesting because it was again so much different. It was it was you know someone that was actually okay with being dead. Um, I I enjoyed. I can't. I'm trying to think, uh, maybe the characters I liked the least were that, uh, that one girl who was a fangirl. She was all right. Yeah. Uh, you know, she was a little over the top though with like that, that was the episode with Twister and it was this fangirl and then a kind of singer slash dancer from He's a, a boy pop band, idol, a pop idol. Yeah. And like, she was so willing to give up everything for him. And I'm like, this is kind of ridiculous. But I th- but <laughs> like, I thought it was hilarious after the credits of that episode where she's basically fangasming and mm-hmm. she's, and she's like, ah, ah, like she's just uncontrollably <laughs> laughing and, and shaking the arbiter like back and forth. Cause she just can't control yeah. the, her excitement. Like it was hilarious. Like, I was I la- actually, I actually laughed out loud. Yeah. Well, I, I just mean like she was probably the character I was least interested in. But everybody else, I enjoyed their stories. I thought it was interesting to get to know. Uh, one thing I noticed, a lot of suicide. A lot of people dead yeah. by suicide. Well, it is Japan. Like, there were several people that had, had committed suicide in the show. Uh, so, yeah, it is well, Japan. Well, the whole though. show could maybe be a take on suicide if you want to push it further. I don't know. I don't feel like that was the case, but there is a lot of suicide in Japan. Yeah, that's true. A lot of it. So, okay, so I guess we talked a lot about kind of like the way the story went and all that. What about the other, like uh, the, the animation or the way it looked and the, the sound and things like that? How did you... Well, did I you didn't think? think it was... There was really no point in the show where they had an opportunity to, except for the, except for the scene at the end when, when, when there was some ice skating going on. Mm-hmm. There, yeah, there was a, a, which a couple I scenes. Which I didn't yeah. think was superbly animated, honestly. Really? I mean, it was a very nice scene, but her movements yeah. weren't really as smooth as they could have been. I, I don't feel like the show really gave the studio an opportunity to, to illustrate great animation because half of the anime is them sitting at a bar talking. Right, for sure. So, I mean, I mean it's like... There were some scenes, though, that were very pretty to look at. I mean, you even commented on one where um, something, I don't want to spoil it, but shattered. Yeah, something at the end. And, there were some really nice use yeah, of CG. Yeah, and, and you commented on that. It so, was very nice. So there I was thought some... it was an interesting style. The the facial expressions and and the character designs were very unlike what I think is is the trend of today. And 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 I like the way they looked. Right. Yeah. And I like the music as well. Like you know, not not just music that was in the show, but like the op- the opening and ending themes were awesome. I love those. Yeah, like visually, the show had as many visuals as it needed to to be mm-hmm. great. Yeah, I, I don't feel like it was. It just wasn't a show where they had to put a lot of put a lot of effort into that. And um, but overall, I thought it looked. I thought aesthetically, it was fine. You know, right. My favorite character was probably the the black haired girl, and not the, only because the, she was mad. The hot. main character. Yeah, the main character. Oh, okay, she has no name. Like on. On, on, she does. On my anime list, her name her name is uh, it's 
black-haired woman, quote unquote. Is it really? That's what that. That's, that's what hilarious. I think her name was like Chi Chi Yudu Chi Chi Yuri or something. Chi Yuri or something like that. Yeah. But but she's called the Kurukami no no Ona, which is definitely black-haired woman. That's funny. But she was my favorite character and mad hot. <laughs> so and she kind of reminded me of. Like an adult version of Wednesday from the Adams Family. Yeah, I don't see that. You don't see that? Not at all. She's she's about she's about as goth as you can get. She's not goth at all. She seems goth to me. Like in no way because she every has black si- hair. That's every why single goth. thing on her body. I don't know is if black. you know this, but every woman in Japan has black hair. But she's wearing completely. <laughs> They're goth. She's wearing completely <laughs> black clothing, black jewelry, black everything. Every single thing about her is black. That's not true. But okay, it is true. If you say so. Are you serious? <laughs> I have cosplay of her. That I was just looking at, and where they're dressed in completely black outfits. Okay. I mean, there are shots where she's. Were, are you just gonna? You're just gonna shrug me off? What? I said okay. You don't believe me? I mean, she's not always wearing all black. Well, no. There's a couple <laughs> flashbacks where she's wearing like a kimono yeah. from like her childhood. Or that was cute. But like, but like, but like, if you look at this, if you look at this outfit right here that she's wearing right here, yeah. every single thing on her whole on her whole body is black except her belt. She got the belly showing. She got, <laughs> her everything but her belt is black. Yeah. So. Yeah. And anyway. she, Okay, whatever. Okay, but that was your favorite character, right? She was the most interesting. Oh, definitely. I um, mean, the show was about her, though. That's although although that episode where oh, they we got cosplay. Hold on, pull up those pictures. Oh, she. Oh, the, the <laughs> cosplays are mad hot. They're they're great. Um, I'll, I'll put one up. I'll pull one up here right right here for you while I'm talking. But um, oh, snap. The uh that that flashback they showed with the two little kids, like the storybook flashback. Oh yeah. Terrifying. Awful. Yeah. <laughs> awful. First of all, that little girl's smile was horrifying. That was something straight out of like a straight out of a Stephen King novel, like it. Okay. I, I thought that girl was gonna take her smile off and like throw it at someone and slice them in half and then catch it like a boomerang and then <laughs> and then laugh maniacally. Okay. I, I, I that would have been interesting. What the hell was even the point of having that stupid little story skit in there? I missed the whole point of that. Um, I mean, it there was, was like a connection. Seven, there was, was a connection between. I mean, it would be spo- it's kind of spoilers, but there was a connection between that story and there was a book that connected to her mother and stuff like that. So. Yeah, but it just seemed unimportant. Yeah. I thought it. I thought it segued, and maybe again, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I thought it segued the old woman into the final arc, which was mm-hmm. uh, Chiyuki's arc or the black-haired woman's arc, whatever we want to call her, where. It was when the old woman and her were playing cards and the old woman recognized it and she recognized it too. And she was like, oh yeah, I read that book when I was a child and she, and it triggered a memory for her that kind of, I felt segued into the final arc of her regaining more memories that then it became significant in her story with, as you, as you said, Kazuo, without kind of spoiling everything, um, there was a connection with her mother around that book. Right. Yeah, up to that point, she had lost all of her memory. So this kind of triggered her remembering where she came from and what happened. This is like, this black-haired woman ha- is like mm-hmm. the easiest cosplay ever. Yeah, you just have to be white and have black hair pa- be, or a wig. And be really hot. Be pale as shit, skinny, mm-hmm. and get a black wig and you're good. That's it. That's all you need. It's okay with me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much every cosplay I've seen <laughs> on here has been hot. So I'm not That's uh, refreshing. So, uh, yeah, look at this one. This girl's this girl's got it going on. She oh, seems damn. like a lovely young lady. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe she's take is. home. She <laughs> probably yes to wake up next to. Um. Yeah. So I've said pretty much everything I want to say about uh, about Death Parade. I think so. My biggest complaint is that I think it felt like a six or seven episode show and wasn't. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I think they could have done everything they did in probably seven episodes, yeah. but they took 12. I would agree. I, see, I agree that it could have definitely been shorter, but I, I also enjoyed the episode. So, okay. um, you know, it, it, I guess if, if you enjoy it, then you won't mind the fact that it's 12 episodes. But if you're it's, if you find it boring, then you probably are going to be like, hey, this should be shorter. I'm going to give it four tortured souls out of five. Wow. Mm. Wow, I, it's a good show. Yeah, yeah it's a really it good show. It was higher than that until until I got some of the slow parts I thought were slow at the end of it. I don't know, based off of everything you've been saying so far, I thought you would have given it lower. Yeah, oh, I was really? expecting like a three, oh, three and are a you, half. Do you, are you unfamiliar with the way Mitsuki works? He, he <laughs> Oh, you mean like... <laughs> he uh, bashes apparently. on things and then oh, he gives it a high score. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. You mean like you mean like on the last episode where we, where we reviewed Rolling Girls and uh, Kim and uh, Chucky, and, Chucky and Cosmo battled for, for 40 and minutes we gave it the and they gave it the same score? <laughs> you mean like that? You know, I actually... There is a comment on our website of someone saying that they thought it was a very good review. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, as you guys like ripped each other's that throats out and then gave it... She ripped my throat. Not throat ripping. She was. It was. I was scared you, for my life. How do you? How do you argue for for half an hour and then agree at the end on the score? I I wasn't arguing. Oh. Well. Can, do you hear the sadness in her voice, Chiaki? If you were a soul right now, we would reincarnate you. Okay. Kazuo was quiet. <laughs> okay, Kazuo, Death Parade. All right. So Death Parade. Um, I was I was really interested in all of the stories, even the ones as you mentioned that you thought might have been a bit slower. Um, I was into all of the different characters and all of their different arcs. Um, I thought it looked really good. I thought um, the music was really good. It it was easy to watch for me. Like I I powered through it very easily. Like there's a lot of shows where I'll be like, oh man, I got to watch three episodes of this today just to get caught up. And I'm like, oh this is a, this, you know this is a chore. But for this, I was like, sweet, all right, let's next one, next one, and um. So I thought it was really good. Uh, I think it's an interesting subject. I think it's something that's not um, addressed a lot, and um, it's very yeah, unique. Yeah, it's very unique, and I, and I think it's something that, as we mentioned, the whole suicide thing was a big a big issue with it, and I think that's uh, very pertinent to what goes on in Japan. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna have to give this uh, four and a half dummies out of five. Okay, yeah. good. And Heavy Metal Leo so in the chat. Up. Heavy Metal Leo in the chat says Chucky was being vicious. Right? Wow. Thank you, Leo. We got some, we, we got some uh, some Kazuo support right here. Yeah. They know. Look, it's you know, it's not a matter of supporting one or the other. It's just a matter of the truth. I, I like to think of it as that you're both passionate. <laughs> that you're both passionate about this, and that you uh, you want to say all your piece. So, okay. So so I, they're in show trivia. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, sorry. So I pulled the chat. <laughs> And almost, and every single person gave this anime a four or better. So awesome. we were pretty much in line with what the chat thought on the review. So that's great. So our intro trivia question was, in Golden Boy, what kind of university student was Kintaro Oe? And the answer... Law. Law. He's a yeah. Tokyo University law student. Second year, third year, fourth year? No, he, he, he completed all of his credits, but he just didn't graduate or something like that. He's like, yeah, or like, or like, it was that or he was one credit shy. Yeah, I thought he was yeah. one credit shy. And he was like, nah. I'm going to go travel the world and talk about boobs and sniff toilet seats. <laughs> and be the and be the friggin' man. And Kentaro some, something Oe. like that. <laughs> Golden Boy is the shit. I hate, it is shit. That is correct. Did you just say you... What? <laughs> you are out of your mind. You are out of your mind. All right. Well, that was our podcast episode, guys. <laughs> I think it was a good one. We hope you enjoyed it. 
That was episode 283 of the Animatics Anonymous podcast. You can find us at aaapodcast.com. iTunes, don't forget to drop us a rating on iTunes, especially if you like us. Facebook.com forward slash Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Twitter.com forward slash AAA podcast, as well as on YouTube. Thank you to those of you guys who joined us today on Ustream, even though we're not broadcasting on YouTube right now due to issues. But uh, thank you to those of you who due joined issues. us. <laughs> YouTube's issues. You, YouTube, YouTube would have put a stop to this episode tonight after 10 minutes. Well, you know, I'm 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 trying to be I'm trying to be fair. I'm trying to be nice, be political. That's, really no, that's probably the best there, word, political. There's really no reason to be. I mean, like, basically, even when we YouTube doesn't really listen to our episodes, even when they're on YouTube, right? I, I don't know. I don't want to be called vicious. So okay. Oh <laughs> shit. So yeah, have a great day, everybody. <laughs> Whenever it is you're listening to this. We're going to see you guys next week. I love you all. It was nice being back, guys. See ya. It was nice having you back.